Now, I get nothing from that. I don't know about you, but that makes just no sense to me. Hi, I'm Annie Muir, and this is Time for One Poem. In this episode, I talk to the poet Callie Gardner, and my poetry skeptic slash expert is Vary, a video game lover from the Highlands, currently studying radio at City of Glasgow College. Callie tells me about how buying poetry collections that are hard or impossible to understand is good value for money. Then, me and Vary chew over a section of Callie's book-length poem, Naturally It Is Not, taking whatever we can from it. Time one. Poem. Hi, Callie. Hi. Thank you for talking to me about poetry. Thanks for having me. So before we start, and because this is a podcast aimed at people who don't read poetry or who haven't read much poetry, I want to ask you, a bit of a difficult question, depending on how you look at it. It is, what is poetry? What is a poet? And what is your day-to-day life as a poet like? Okay, um, I'll start with the, the easiest part of the question, I suppose, which is what is my day-to-day life as a poet like? I would say it's probably not very much about being a poet at the moment. I care for somebody who I live with and I do freelance work teaching and and editing and and various other things Um, and some of that is as a poet I'm lucky enough to sometimes be asked to to write poems and and do things like this and and talk about poetry but I used to kind of work in academia and arrange my life more around the idea of being a poet being a writer but my life has changed in the last few years so that it's a bit less like that but I don't think that's a bad thing Um, and in fact I think I was going to say I think it's better for me as a writer I don't know that it has made me produce more writing but I think it's made me have maybe think about writing in uh in a way that I think is better in a wider more expansive way and then you also said what is a poet and what is poetry which I suppose are the same question because I think of a of a poet as whoever produces poetry and you know I know some people make that distinction of thinking oh I write in poetry but I'm not a poet Um, and I totally respect that if poets have kind of if poets have ruined it for everybody else by being (laughs) the way that we are but I really think that you know and there isn't something magical or professionalized at the two those two opposite ends of the spectrum that turns somebody into a poet And I just think that poetry is when you take language and do something with it that isn't primarily for any other purpose. It's just for the purpose of making art, making pleasure, making making strange. And of course, poems can communicate things and have political purposes. But I think the thing that makes it a poem rather than say you know, an essay or a slogan or just an utterance in the world is that it is doing something else, something additional, that something aesthetic uh, that isn't just about communicating a piece of information. Otherwise, you would write it as an, an essay or, or a tweet or whatever. Okay, so what about before you were a poet? Can you remember 
how you got into poetry or what your life was like when there was no poetry in it, if there was ever a time? I think I was I was very interested in writing from about from about the age of nine or ten. I really wanted to I really wanted to be a writer. And at that time what I was interested in was writing like fantasy stories. But I think I sort of switched over to poetry in my teens. I remember I wrote a poem for a competition at my school. Like we all wrote a poem in English class and it was entered into a, a competition for the school, which I won. And and I remember that particular poem. I had written a couple of other poems before that, but I remember that particular poem. I don't remember much about it, but I do remember that it had some sort of like obscure images that it wasn't immediately obvious what they were supposed to mean. And that that gave the poem a kind of like mysteriousness and it included these kind of like elements of like an unreal landscape which I suppose I had taken from my my interest in fantasy fiction and you know people seemed to like it and I really liked it as well I was really happy with the poem in the way that I hadn't been with other poems that that I had written so it was a kind of springboard from there but I was very lucky to be very supported in my like writing ambitions I like teachers and family like nobody told me that I shouldn't try and do poetry I didn't think I don't think people necessarily thought that becoming a poet for a career was a good idea um but <laughs> but yeah I was certainly I was quite encouraged in, was there anyone in, in particular who encouraged you in terms of poetry specifically not really because I think a lot of people around me didn't read that much poetry necessarily but I was encouraged in writing when I was in kind of the later years of primary school. We moved to the other side of the city to be closer to kind of older family. And um, I had a, a teacher at the new school, a deputy head, Mrs. Williams, who was very encouraging of me as a writer and said that this was that this was something I should be doing, which was very kind of her, especially since I don't think there was anything particularly remarkable or interesting about about <laughs> my writing at the age of nine or ten except for the fact that I was really interested in doing it so you know it was my interest in it that I think was was what was being supported which is really nice well, sh- shout out to good teachers yeah we need definitely more of those absolutely uh, speaking of your poem about a mysterious creature that won your competition I really like your book naturally it is not Though there's a lot in it that I don't really understand. And I wanted to ask, is it meant to be understood? Or how would you read, how would you go about reading it? That's a good question. It's a question lots of people have had. And actually, my editor, Azad Sharma, the 87 Press, asked me when he said he was going to publish the book, but he said, could you write like a note, sort of telling people how to approach it? And that became... Like a, like, a, like a piece of writing telling people how to approach it. And that became the reader's notes, which are at the back of the book. And I don't know, because lots of people have said something similar to me that they don't understand it. So maybe, you know, I, I should have explained more in my reader's note. But also, I tend to find that when I pick up a poetry book, and if I feel like I read it through the first time and I and I immediately understand everything. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened to me, right? Like... <laughs> You know, whether it's like words I don't know or sentences that don't come together 
grammatically or semantically, like in terms of sense, or if it's, you know, about experiences that I haven't had or, you know, whatever, then it's the returning to it is particularly with the poem, which I think rewards being read multiple times. It's the returning to it in different contexts, maybe with other people that makes poems like kind of worth having. Um, I've moved flats a lot in the last like, well, not for a while now, but I moved flat for about a period of about 10 years. I moved flats a lot because like I was, I was, I wanted to be an academic. So I was trying to move around to the places where I could get, get jobs and stuff. And I hauled all these books with me for years and years. And then eventually I thought, you know, I shouldn't really have that many books. So I cut it down to um, 100 books, most of which are poetry. And poetry pamphlets don't count. Poetry pamphlets are on top of those. I've still got a big box of those. But yeah, I'm very selective about it. So I tend to think that if a poem isn't difficult to understand in a pleasurable way, and then it doesn't, you know, I can't afford the space for that poems I need to be able to read it multiple times and that was the sort of poem I wanted to be I wanted to be writing and I spent a lot of time I do see it as one poem and I spent a lot of time writing it one year writing the first draft and then another year revising it so I want to get give people their money's worth and also I don't think I understand everything that's in it a lot of it is like experimental I think when, when people talk about experimental writing often that carries a a connotation of like being kind of difficult just for the sake of it and I'm not saying that there aren't poems that are out there like that but I prefer to think of my writing as experimenting rather than experimental so I'm not trying to redo the experiments that have already been done I'm trying to do new experiments and so the results of those are not necessarily entirely clear to me as well on the question of references as well it puzzles me a bit because there are a lot of references in the book, but there are also a lot of citations in the book telling people like where the things I've quoted from have come from. But the things people are the most curious about tend not to be the things that I have that I've cited. So, um, <laughs> but I I like that it has multiple levels, and I think if I had written a book that people came away from thinking. I completely understand this, then I feel like maybe they wouldn't engage with it in the way that I engage with it when I was writing it, if that makes sense. I really, really like that um, explanation of of why it's so difficult. I love that because it's so true. I mean, the reason I like poetry is because you don't understand it. Like you're saying, you don't always understand it. That's why you like art rather than science and maths Mm. where there's always an answer to everything you know I like that you don't understand it and I like that you can keep going back to it and finding more I think that's really great um I just think some people don't like it as much and I think some people might be put off firstly by the fact that it's really really long and that there are a lot of references in it and I think if you if you hadn't read any poetry, you might be quite scared to start it. That's why I thought it would be a good poem, obviously a small section of it, to take to one of my non-poetry reading people who I'm going to talk to. So are you nervous about them reading it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, 
especially when you told me the 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 page that you had picked. Um, <laughs> but you know, I've I've got a very I've got a very thick skin. I'm used to people telling me that my poetry doesn't make sense to them or that that they don't like it. I did an event once in London called the Poetry Inquisition, where basically you had to stand up and read a poem. And then there was like a panel of people who would quiz you about like what what you were doing and what it was supposed to mean. So having done that in person, it's slightly less less frightening to do it in podcast form. But so did you have an answer for everything? Um, I did. I don't remember what I said. And this was I'm sure I would be I'm sure if it had been recorded as a podcast, I would be embarrassed to go back and listen to it because this was in the time before I wrote Naturally It Is Not, I wrote a long poem which has not been published as a whole thing called Void Friend. And it's also quite um quite chewy to read, but I don't think it's very good uh anymore. So I've moved past it certainly. So whereas Naturally It Is Not, I think I still stand behind a bit more. So well, I love it. And I think it's amazing, even though I don't understand much of it. I think it's, you can just tell, you know, I'm I'm really glad that there are people writing in this way, you know, not just writing um, simple uh, things. Because we need both, don't we? We need both in the world. Yeah, definitely. And I think that having a kind of like, being able to write that kind of like lyric that explores a topic in a like, kind of contained but still poetical and beautiful if we can say that way um is still a great thing to be able to do and there are elements of those of that that I that I incorporate into my into my writing as well um and I don't think that that's somehow you know a kind of like less important face of poetry but this is just the this is just the particular rock face that I have decided to work at. Great. So would you be able to read that selection of summer letter that I asked you about earlier? Absolutely. And um, before you do, I just want to say thank you very much for your insights. It's been really nice to talk to you. Oh, no problem. Okay, so yeah, this is from Summer Letter of Naturally Does Not. This Lochen is Reed City. Where are you rushing off to? Greed-furred geological fingers, feeling blind, generative insights populating maps. England is now a dark green tunnel of worry. Is ever far northernness a shield or shadowy disguising cloak? On this alien island so near its birth, every landscape collected in the magic hour sun rain, serendipitous beauty of birches. The reeds grow like beards, like armpits, like woven wet chests, like forgotten patches. These live and scatter themselves against the cartographic crime look of the script na multiplies everything, indivisible consonants making the language thick, ancient and safe. Hi, Barry. 
Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, thank you for coming to talk to me today. Of course, no worries. So firstly, when someone says the word poetry to you, what is your general reaction? Oh dear God, what have I got myself into? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what you thought when I asked you to do this. Yeah, well you said um, limited experiences is, you know, ideal and I went, oh, that's me, yeah. <laughs> so why do you think it is that that's your reaction to poetry oh god i don't know i just think it could be quite an intimidating thing because i think people that are really into poetry are really into poetry so it's a little bit of gatekeeping kind of going on i think definitely yeah okay can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you're doing at the moment um Midvary. i'm from scotland the highlands alapo more specifically uh, I'm studying radio at the moment in Glasgow. So I, I just moved down here about a month or so ago. Okay, great. What about in your spare time? How do you relax? Uh, video games. Play a lot of video games or I just on call with my mates or I'm watching movies with my friends. That's, that's it. What's your favourite video game? Ooh, it changes all the time. I'm really to Sea of Thieves at the moment. Don't know if you've heard of that. That's, that's a good one. I haven't heard of it, but I'm sure it's good. <laughs> yeah, well, it. Probably, that seems, probably video games to me are what poetry is to you. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, and I'm asking everyone, would you consider yourself an expert in anything? And it could be anything, something small. No, not at all. I really, I wouldn't think so. I'm uh, good at all, master of none, as they say, right? Jack of all trades. Okay, so you're refusing to answer that question. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I have any. <laughs> okay, great. I'm not going to force you, you know. Okay, but for today, at least, you are our poetry expert. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, no, for sure. Okay, and we're going to look at a section of a longer poem called Summer Letter by Callie Gardner. And I'm going to tell you a bit more about the book this poem came for, from in a second. But first, would you be able to read out the section I gave you? I can try my best. This lock in is Reed City. Where are you rushing off to? Greed for geological figures, feeling generative insight, populating maps. England is now a dark green tunnel of worry. Is either far nor than this a shield or shadowy disguising cloak? On this alien island so near its birth, every landscape collected in the magical hour sun rain, serpentitous beauty of birches, the reeds grow like beers, like armpits, like wo woven wet chests, like forgotten patches. These live and scatter themselves against the cartographic crimelic of the script NA modules, H everything, indivisible, constant organs, making the language thick, ancient, and safe. <laughs> Oh. beautiful I'm gonna clap I tried I tried I you really did try and the whole point of this is that I wanted you to read it out to show that it's difficult to read out it's you know hard. I don't know where the inflation should be yeah it is difficult and and that's what anyone looking at this firm would do or they just wouldn't read it which is fair enough I'd hope so um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's a whole book full of pages like this where you don't really know what's going on okay but 
what is your first impression of this? I kind of get a sense of, of what it is, but can you tell us what your first impression when you read the poem was? Um, I, I did kind of like it once I sort of managed to read and Google most of the words, except for that last stanza, I kind of, I really gave up. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like a good poem. I get why people would like it if they're really into poetry. <laughs> so what, is any part of it standing out to you that you didn't have to Google, that you just thought, hmm, that sounds okay? Um, I like the first couple lines of the second stanza. England is now a dark green tunnel of worry to every far northerness. I mean, maybe that's because I'm from the North, who knows? But, um... mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. So what did you look up? Um, <laughs> mostly the third stanza. And then I had to look up how to say serpendipitous. Don't even know if I'm saying it right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good word. Don't get me wrong. It's just written down. It's a bit, yeah. So, what's the definition of serendipitous? Do you remember? I don't remember, I'm afraid. No, I'm sorry. Is it like something going wrong, but then it's something good? Or something? That's what I thought serendipity meant. I think there's a, like a rom com called yeah, serendipity. Yeah, something like that. Um, and locken. Do you know what a locken is? Yeah, it's like a lock, right? Yeah, it's a small lock. I had to look that up. I was like, nah. I'm guessing this is lock related. Yeah. But as you can tell, I'm not Scottish. Like, yeah, there we go. That's where it comes in. You were born knowing what a locken was. I live by one, you know, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So you knew what that was. Um, so I was going to tell you a bit more. I don't normally say that poems need much context, but this is a special one. And so you're very lucky that I'm going to tell you a bit more about it. Please do. So it comes from a, a long book called Naturally It Is Not, and it's made of four letters. So this is summer letter, and there's also spring letter, autumn letter, and winter letter. All right, so okay. do you think this poem feels summery to you? No, not really. No. I wouldn't say it's summery. Why not? It doesn't, I don't know, when I think of summer, it's sort of synonymous to bright, happy, yellow but it talks about dark green it's also like shadowy disguising cloaks it's quite dark um mm -hmm. so i wouldn't say it's summer maybe it starts off a bit springy but it's definitely not summer because mm -hmm. the only thing like you could try and make it summery is if you imagine that this kind of was like a holiday to a lock yeah yeah i guess so even though it's quite dark and, and yeah, it's sad. Quite, it's, yeah, it's quite sad one. But it's yeah. <laughs> um, and so another thing I should tell you about this poem okay. is that there's an introduction, there's an intro poem okay. to this massive book le length poem. There's an introduction and a reader's note type thing at the end, which explains that the idea of the year as a cycle is being made increasingly irrelevant because of A, urban life, B, queer life, and C, climate change. So the poet is kind of saying that the cycle is meaningless this summer, winter, spring, autumn thing. Don't think they're particularly wrong with climate change. I think, yeah, kind of okay. <laughs> they sort of blend into so, one. Do you think that changes how you read the poem if you know that they're kind of saying summer, 
as a concept is not a real thing? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Not particularly because then again, it didn't really scream summer to me. It didn't scream yeah. season. It just sounded like quite quite sad person. <laughs> it, just, it was quite a sad poem, <laughs> actually. Very negative connotations in it. Does it seem political? Um, you said you said about the England bit. What? Why do you think? Because it's a Scottish poet who wrote this. Oh, was it? Okay. So why do you think? they would say England is a dark green tunnel of worry. I think the divide between the two, I think we can all ask that for ourselves. <laughs> the divide between Scottish and English. Yeah. Um, do you see England as a dark green tunnel of worry? Uh, don't scream dark green to me. Because dark green, <laughs> that reminds me of nature. It's more grey, <laughs> sort of beige, possibly, of all the buildings. I really like your your um, sense of colour. I feel like, are you an artist? You've got a lot of colour feelings. Yeah, well, creativity a little bit, I guess, yeah. I'm always in the creative aspects, but not an artist, no. England is beige. <laughs> England is beige, yeah, there you go. That could be the title. <laughs> Great. So, I yeah, I don't really know where to go with this poem, and I wouldn't normally show it to someone who hadn't read much poetry because it's, it is okay. difficult and it is it, yeah you are go I know you're are you 18 and I'm, yeah. I'm giving you the hardest poem that I gave anyone oh thanks <laughs> but I want I want to show that there's different types of poetry and I'm guessing you probably haven't read any poetry that's quite like this Outside the ones we did in school, we did a lot of, um, one that sticks out to me that sort of has similar vibes is Aunt Julia. I don't know if you read it. Oh, Um, no, I haven't read that. Oh, okay. It's um, (laughs) similar vibes to me personally. I don't know if any poets would agree to that, but they both give me sort of nature and sad undertones. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) It does. It's sad. But uh, outside of school poetry, no, I haven't. I don't dabble in poetry myself. Okay, so let's go with the sad thing, since since that's the only kind of thing we can really get from it. Okay. And let's look at the middle stanza. I'm also impressed that you knew the word stanza, because um, a lot of people are just like, paragraph. <laughs> no, no, no. English really did me well. Okay, great. So let's look at the middle one, because that's the bit that you said it it interested you a bit the most. So let's think about what they're saying in this middle stat. Will you read out the middle one again? Uh, yep. England is now a dark green tunnel of worry. It is ever far northernness a shield or shadowy disguising cloak. On this alien island so near its birth, every landscape collected in magic hour sun's brain. Serpentious <laughs> the ear birches, reeds grow like beers, like armpits, like woven wet chests, like forgotten patches. See, I like the bit about the reeds being like I was about hair. to say, I, think, I really like that. Yeah. I don't know so much. I just, I don't know. I like the reeds. I like the, the list. Yeah. It flows nicely together. It does. It's. I think that's the sort of the bit that I grasp onto as mm-hmm. being able to understand. Because I feel like I could walk around and think those reeds look like hair, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. You hold on to the bits that you can understand when something is so dense, mm-hmm. complicated. 
I do I do like how it's um, all commas, so it's like it kind of slows down your reading pace, implying that the reads grow quite slowly, which I quite like. Mm, yeah, definitely. So basically, it's a poem about reads. Okay, of course. I don't know. I, I don't. I, that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Because the first line is this Lochan is Reed City. Mm-hmm. And then the it, the reads come back again in this second stanza. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're probably right. You're most likely correct. <laughs> I'm just going to take what you say and run with it, really. No, you're the expert. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a fly on the wall watching an expert work their magic. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, so this alien island, do you think, what do you think they're talking about, alien island? Britain, probably. Do you think? Mm. Well, now you said, do you think? I think no. That or there's. I don't know. Like if I, there's like an island in the loft, maybe that's got the reeds on it, something like that. Oh, could be because there's often those little islands in the middle, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Only birds live on. Aye, could be something like that. Yeah, because I guess this lochan is reed city, so I'm guessing there's a lot of reeds. But reeds are normally in water, are they? I think so. On the banks, no. You're the read expert. Ah, uh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, I just thought of something. Oh, go on, please. Read is like reading. Yeah. Like, okay. Interesting. Where can we go? Where <laughs> Where does that tie in? <laughs> we're just We're just getting whatever we can. We're just okay? yeah, just, just spitballing here. When something is this difficult, you just have to take whatever you can, and some people even find it fun. <laughs> And I am one of them. <laughs> oh, do you? Do you read a lot of poetry, then? I read quite a lot of poetry. Okay. And now every time I say read, I'm thinking of reads, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is so messing with me. Appreciate it. That's going to go on for weeks now. Yeah, whenever you, you go around to your local lock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like we're getting somewhere now. We've got reading, we've got reads, and let's look at the last stanza, which is the one you hate. Yes, thanks. And maybe I'll try reading it. Please. It's talking about the reeds and it says, these live and scatter themselves against the cartographic crime look of the script now multiples H everything, indivisible consonants, making the language thick, ancient and safe. Now, I get nothing from that. I don't know about you. Um, if you read poetry in your time, but that makes just no sense to me. What are they doing with the now multiples page? <laughs> what does that? What does that mean? Yeah. Why so is poetry I, so I tried to. <laughs> I feel like I gave you the worst possible poem to to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it's happened. So I looked up crime. Look, got nothing. I looked up script and got nothing. So I I think they're made up words. So. Oh. Um, and the na multiples H everything. I think this is the only thing that I can think about this this last bit is that it's talking about like old old um, writing. You know, like in old language, there wasn't like set spellings for stuff. So everything just had loads of 
different right. letters, it, like silent letters. You understand about silent letters because your name begins with M. But it is M H. Yeah, <laughs> confusing to everybody I meet. Everyone must call you Mary. Mary, yeah, that's that's the big one. My teacher still does. I just haven't corrected him. It's gone on too long. Oh, yeah, there's, there's no going back now. <laughs> that is kind of sad. I if someone sometimes calls me Anne, I and I don't correct them, and I feel so sad because I I just don't want to be Anne. Yeah, <laughs> it's been eighteen years. I'm over it. I really. I had someone ironically <laughs> call me M Harry once, and that's when I thought the lines up. I've given up. There's no point. Where do I go from here? Yeah. Would you ever change, like, actually put a V in front of your name? Um, or is that going against... That would be so ugly looking. That would... <laughs> Imagine that spelling. That'd be hideous. Uh, you know, my name... I hated it when I was younger because it was unique, but now I like it because it's unique. But um, Yeah, great. Yeah, it's different. I you know? think it's a beautiful name. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. So bring your bring your experiences of of people giving you the wrong name to this thing that you can't read at the bottom here this is how they feel when they see your name <laughs> oh i hope not does it change the way you look at it i, mean, I still can't read it so i think that's the that's the point right like but you can look at it you can yeah. you can see it you don't have to be able to read it out loud mm -hmm. you can see that it's kind of saying invisible consonant consonants yeah that's how i read it with the question mark at the end <laughs> the question mark. and and consonants is um you know things that aren't vowels right yes yeah, like yeah. in um countdown which is i was about to say another consonant please uh, yeah, yeah yeah so i i think it's something to do with scottishness but that's as far as i get with it yes no you're right yeah making no, I'm the language you. thick ancient and safe yeah maybe it's gaelic they're on about that could be it could be. possibly do you speak gaelic used to when i was younger but i could tell you i'm tired and that's about it i'm afraid how do you say that <laughs> oh yeah that's all you I need feel to like know. you really meant that yeah <laughs> like i woke up at like <laughs> one today right at a rush to the train station <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so we've kind of got something from this poem. I'm sorry for giving you this. I feel like I'm going to give you another no, it's poem right. later. It's okay. But it, I do think it's a good book. I really like it. And I, I wouldn't recommend it to a newcomer to poetry necessarily, okay. but it is interesting and you can get something out of it, even if it's just looking at reads and being like, hmm. Yeah, well, now every time I do, I do see any form of water plant, I'm going to think of this poem. <laughs> Great. And that's the point of poetry. That is the point. Change the way you look at the world, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's someone listening to us and just being like, this is so obvious. I yes. Can't yeah, yeah. There's like the modern day Shakespeare listening, like, what are these two fools on about? What is happening? <laughs> but yeah, we did our best. So how do you feel after doing this? Were you worried and now do you feel relief? Uh, it was a bit apprehensive going in. I was like, I'm going to make a fool of myself. And I have. But do you know what? <laughs> That's what life's about, I guess, right? In at the we deep did end. it together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you'll look at poetry any differently? I mean, I've always been quite analytical of poetry. 
because I went up, I didn't like about Syrian English in school. Um, it was not my favorite subject, the poetry bit, but like I've always had that mindset drilled into me to be like, now what does that mean? What is the poet on about here, you know? Um, maybe possibly, maybe a bit differently. So maybe in 10 years, you'll realize what this is all about. I hope so. I'll shoot you an email. You're like, I get it now. Oh, thank you. I, under I understand. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, of course. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank you. And good luck with everything. Thank you. You too. Good luck with the podcast. Join the conversation. To read the poem in full, go to www.time41poem. That's with the numbers four and one wordpress.com and comment with your own interpretation of the poem this podcast was made using funding from the national lottery through creative scotland thanks for listening the poet callie gardner passed away shortly after recording this interview callie was the first poet i met after moving to glasgow they'll be greatly missed by the wider poetry community